This episode is a sponsored partnership by Keen. So, you finally decided that you want to seek psychic advice. But now you're just sitting there and you're asking yourself, why Keen? Shouldn't I just look into psychics near me? It would probably be a lot easier. Our response? Why would you? Keen connects you with talented tarot readers and astrologers. If you want to get a reading on Keen, it's super easy to start. They've been giving trustworthy readings since 1999, over 35 million to be exact. All you have to do is create an account, and you'll be able to choose from hundreds of readers who are online right now. These readers each have unique specialties designed to provide a deeper understanding of your situation. Want to learn more about your love life? What's your financial future look like? Are you looking for a closure from a deceased loved one? Keen has a reader ready to provide clarity and insight. You can choose whichever reader best suits your needs, and you'll be able to connect via phone call or text. Just go to trykeen.com slash potential. As a new customer on Keen, you can try your first 10 minutes for only $1.99, which is up to $99 in savings. Once again, that's trykeen.com slash potential. Get your first 10 minutes for $1.99. And remember, know your potential. Reviewing the latest in movies, TV series, video games, books, and more. This is Potential Picks. Hello and welcome back to another edition of Potential Picks. I'm your host, Chris Dewar, and I'm joined by my co-host and fellow scroll, Taylor Sokol. Today we're reviewing the latest miniseries show that joins the MCU Secret Invasion. This was created by Kyle Bradstreet, of course, based on the Marvel Comics, and directed by Ali Salim. So uh, we heard about this show for quite a while, uh, and we knew that you know Samuel Jackson really kind of post some of the Avengers movies. He's had these little cameo moments. You know, he came in at the end of Endgame and everything for Tony Stark's funeral, but we haven't really had much with his character overall. This was going to be really focused on him, and as it all was set up in the Captain Marvel movie, The Scrolls and this possible scroll invasion taking place that he would have to come back to handle. So uh, we're going to talk about some spoilers. Spoiler warning. So it'll be spoilers today. If you haven't watched the six-part show, go watch it. Come back. Hear our thoughts. So, Taylor, what is a brief synopsis of Secret Invasion? So Secret Invasion, um, we follow Nick Fury and Talos as they uncover a conspiracy by a group of uh, shape-shifting scrolls to conquer earth um and yeah so we're following nick fury um you know post blip a lot of these characters because of the thanos snap and everyone coming back in existence we're really kind of catching up with everything going on and the last thing we saw of the scrolls really if you've kept with the mcu was talus and his wife um who actually were maria hill and nick fury in disguise end of spider-man no way home mm-hmm. or yeah sorry spider-man um why am I forgetting? Far from home. Yes, yeah, sir. Spider-Man, far from home. <laughs> so, um, so this is actually taken from the comics where there was a rogue um, scroll invasion. And because of what we experienced, scrolls were like benevolent and they were the good guys. And this one's kind of following that ever since 
the end of mm-hmm. Captain Marvel, they've been trying to find a new home for the scroll people. Mm-hmm. And what we find out is they were unsuccessful. And so what Fury did is have the scrolls live on Earth in secret. And he's been using them basically as his spying because they can become anyone and think like anyone. So he's used them basically to rise up the ranks, I guess, as you know, the director of Shield. And it's kind of helped him become this spy master that he is. And because of the blip and everyone, they have, um, you know, there's a rogue group of them that have felt displaced and, you know, they were promised, you know, a home, but then they've had to live in secret and hide who they were. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, everything really, I like the idea of the espionage. And I think we really, we didn't really get that kind of cool Nick Fury understanding. There's still a lot of layers behind them. And this just had such good promise because we're bringing a lot of characters back. Like anybody could be someone disguised, you know, who's who you don't know. Mm-hmm. So was it started out? I was like, okay, this is really good. And then as we're going through the show, I'm, it just felt like a paint by numbers kind of formulaic thing. And it didn't really, it didn't really elevate the MCU. And I think this is where one of those shows where there has been criticism that the shows are kind of diluting with the MCU is what kind of like, mm-hmm. We're kind of just, oh, let's put this here and here. And I don't know. I just didn't feel the pizzazz or the excitement I did as I'm watching this as far as other shows. Well, there even be moments where I'm like, we've heard uh, these rumors of the budget of this whole show was like 200 million, which is, I mean, that's, you know, you think about when you do a, a movie, a budget might be 200 million for all you can do in two and a half hours. And you really put that yeah. money on the screen. Mm-hmm. When you're going to split that 200 million into six episodes, you know, obviously that means each episode is still going to be a good chunk of change here. Um, and there'd be moments where, like, you know, our main villain, Gravik, would be like walking through a crowd and he would pass by like a, a wall or a, a statue or something. And then he would be someone else as he walked by. And of course, that's a great way to save money because you don't have to do any CGI to show <laughs> the transformation. Now, of course, there is plenty of scenes where they do have the transformations between, you know, looking at different people or um, when they do turn into their scroll form when they're green. But, yeah, I was hooked by the espionage element. And I know this is a great way to kind of have Nick Fury be the lead. You know, he's always been this mysterious uh, man. We don't really know much about his backstory, minus Captain Marvel. Um, but even then, we didn't know much about him. You know, it's like, yeah, he's the guy who founded the Avengers. He brought them all together. And he's kind of had his ways of being the puppet master at times. But we didn't have much background of him. So what I appreciate from this show is this is kind of a character study of Nick Fury, where he is now after the blip. And again, this is a guy who, yes, he's talented with a gun and he's got his tricks up his sleeve, but he's not a God like these other people. So maybe, you know, after years and years of living amongst some of the greatest heroes and fighting the good fight, there's gotta be a point in time where you kind of hit kind of a moment where you're like, damn, I got blipped and maybe, and he even says at one point in the show, although there was a little bit of fear, it was also a sense of relief. Like I don't have to fight anymore. It's over. Yeah. His whole life has been the fight and like, you know, fighting to protect. And it seems like, and I think kind of like the audience were feeling like, man, we just we just cleaned up this mess. Now there's another fight. So there always will be another fight. And he realizes that. Mm-hmm. And um, but I, I, we, we've got a great casting here. I mean, I really enjoy um, Samuel Jackson's great to give him the spotlight. 
Ben Mendelsohn as Talos. Uh, he, I love him, and him playing Talos is great. We get a we get a little good camaraderie with their characters. Um, I felt like though because they've been kind of you know and behind the scenes this whole time. Mm-hmm. I felt like I wanted more development with understanding their relationship. I don't think in this six episode we got enough of their of what was going on. Like I, I wanted more of that. But you know when I what I my criticism for this is it felt too similar to uh falcon winter soldier you know we've got okay we've got this group that after the blip they felt displaced they felt used and now we've got to beat them same thing kind of with the scrolls where it was like let's i think they should have went a little more edgy a little more darker like a little more like who's you don't know who's anyone and i think it brought up the wrong kind of questions because i feel like we're kind of wondering okay well certain people certain characters in this are scrolls and we're like well how long have they been scrolls how long have they yeah. been you know it's and been the, we've... the big theory right now with the roadie situation everyone's like oh don cheadle's been a scroll since probably civil war and i'm like that would make really no sense why yeah. would a scroll impersonating roadie want to go through all of the events of infinity war and endgame and actually fight that fight and do everything and be it Tony Stark's you know funeral just for show, just to be like in, but then the whole time he's actually fighting for the scrolls. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. Also, it doesn't make sense to me is just because a scroll can manipulate it the way they look. I don't think that means they get their powers. You know, it's like I could look like you. Doesn't mean if if you knew how to whistle, doesn't mean that I necessarily know how to whistle. It's because I'm impersonating you. Yeah, so, and the same thing with uh, Martin Freeman's Everett Ross, like. You know what's which what's that his, was yeah. such a waste in this show. We get Martin Freeman for the very first chunk of the show. I mean, the first episode, this great chase sequence, um, and find out you know th- this is a scroll, um, of Martin Freeman, and then we get him at the very tail end when we get kind of our rescued moment, and that was a big waste to me. Um, and also Maria Hill, you know, we have the lovely Kobe Smolders is in for the first episode, and she gets shot and killed. Um, yes, and so. I think she knew she was like her, her time would come. I think she was kind of done with playing the role. She's been in so many of these films. So um, that was kind of a shock too. But I, I was kind of surprised because the whole element of like a scroll could be anyone. And the whole point of graphics kind of main plot here is that they're going to take over different leaders around the world and, you know, just kind of eventually run the whole planet. Like that's basically the they're assimilating. This is our home now. It's almost know? like the Borg from Star Trek. They're like, we're, yeah. gonna be, we're slowly become humanity and take it over. And, and it is a good character study or a study of humanity. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. humanity, we have like, you know, squandered natural resources. We've kind of been at war with each other where they're kind of using us, our own, um, you know, our flaws against us. So I think that's a really good, interesting character study. And, um, but um, yeah, and, and Ben uh, Kingsley Adir, he does, he does a great job. Um, you know, we got so many big names here also like, but I thought even we've got playing Gaia, who is Talos's daughter, um, Amelia Clark. Clark. I just feel like with her caliber of what she's done, I felt like she didn't get a lot to do uh, no. in this. She's kind of like, okay, the daughter who's kind of gone rogue and now she's kind of like a mole. And then, you know, and same thing with, um, but I will say uh, the standout for me who did a lot, and I hope to see her more in the MCU is Olivia Coleman's mm. uh, Sonia as like this MI6 uh, agent, she had a lot of fun. And I felt like it was just nice contrast with like this prim and proper uh, English woman who, who's a badass and like, you don't expect like her. So I thought that was great. Um, 
but it's interesting where we, we we have all this kind of back and forth and we don't know what the kind of plot is and it it all culminates in this big final fight which then we're kind of laughing you said about okay 200 million dollars i'm like clearly this is the part towards the end where the budget wasn't really put in well they have this whole yeah plot point that uh there was this device called the harvest which was a whole program where they were taking dna from several and i mean several of our mcu heroes everyone from captain marvel to even thanos like they got thanos's dna i'm like when did you do that exactly because um when did you have time to prick old thanos there uh, he only drew, he only dropped one he, thing of blood and that was infinity war let's be honest yeah. And he uh, he he was decimated into dust. Did you collect a little dust particle? I don't, I don't know how that worked out. Like I mean, collect, they, uh, you got like dust Groot, <laughs> uh, Drax. They have like like twenty different uh, mantis. And the point is that they've built this machine that you know, Gravik is basically at the point now. He's like, we need to become super scrolls. So we need to be scrolls that also have superpowers. And he's already put some in him. Like at one point, he has a cool moment that was in the trailer, I think, too, where he. Uh, he uses kind of Groot's powers to like grab a couple, you know, military guys and, and knock them around. And he gets the extremist virus from Iron Man three, which is, which, which is that cool. was, that was cool. I mean, again, this is a kind of a cool concept. I'm like, all right, I want to see scrolls fighting scrolls where maybe they have one or two powers where it got stupid is Nick Fury. By the end, he decides to give what we think is Nick Fury, give this harvest device to Gravik and he, puts it into this machine and it's actually Gaia's in this machine. And the whole point of why Gaia wants this big revenge mission is, you know, she was working with Gravik and she was fully on board with everything, but then rekindling this relationship with her father, not only understand how her mother died, you know, I, I love them kind of joining forces again. And then, you know, Talos unfortunately gets killed in this series, uh, which I think is a big loss because Ben Mendelsohn's so great. <laughs> He's perfect. And, Gaia then, you know, in this revenge mission to take out Gravik, the two of them get these, like, superpowers where they have powers of every, like, MCU hero. And then we just get this huge, giant uh, fight sequence in the sky. And you you nailed it, Taylor, when you said it reminded <laughs> us of Rise of the Silver Surfer when, like, they were combining Fantastic Four powers. It just was so goofy because this show has been so, like, espionage based and spy thriller and like you know who's who i mean i one I mean, of it the was a nice departure th- from the usual <laughs> mcu yeah i don't need i don't need a bunch of fighting crap the whole time i kind of like a little bit of the mystery element one of my favorite scenes was talos and gravik sitting down for like a little meeting in this cafeteria and at one point talos gets really pissed because he's gravik brings up his daughter and he's baiting and then him all of a sudden grabs him. every single one turns into gravik and it was just a cool scene and i was like i like that element and I think they could have gone bigger with more, like, I don't know what it takes for them to, like, get people that were, like, superheroes in the MCU, even for a cameo. But that would have been different to have more scrolls be impersonating some of these MCU heroes. Because the whole, you know, the Don Cheetah element was, like, fine, but I needed more of it, for sure. Because, um, yes, then eventually, you know, kind of using Captain Marvel's power, she she ends up killing Gravik. And it just, it was not even like a long fight. It was just kind of short. I thought the best fight of the whole show was actually, um, there's a moment where some of the scrolls that are falling graphic are kind of like, dude, this guy is off his knockers. He's, oh, and he just basically, and yeah. they try to kill him and graphic goes ham on it. Like 
12 yeah. scroll dudes and it was a really cool brutal fight scene and i was like that was where it was at because really nick fury he gets a few like shots in he doesn't really fight anyone you no. know and i i will say i guess an element that was surprising um because no one saw this coming i didn't know if it was in the comics is that he's had this wife this whole time yeah he's been married and this wife of his is a scroll who's impersonated this woman um and she she throughout this whole secret invasion series is kind of like a double agent in a way. Like at times she's used to like want to kill him, but at times she's not. And there's definitely still that love there. And a lot of, well, you know, what's interesting too, I think they should have went for this is with Gravik's character. They kind of started out making him like, he's almost like a son. I thought Fury. that's where they're going to go to. Like and he I thought, was yeah. his son. And I, and I think that. that would have been better because it would have made the stakes a little bit, you know, higher and stuff like mm-hmm. that and, and a little more personal because so then you have like the sins of the father, um, but you have like <laughs> Talos and Gaia's relationship and, and his relationship with Gravik. But yeah, I thought I did like the idea that he did have a wife and he, you know, you see a little bit more of this. He had this kind of relationship, but um, um, it didn't hit the the kind of the twist where she's kind of working both sides. It didn't really hit me like, oh, OK, it's like, yeah. Um, and but it, you yeah. know what I think a big problem too is mm-hmm. we were set up in Captain Marvel, which took place in the '90s, that they were gonna have this whole next chapter of the scrolls trying to find a home, and Captain Marvel going off to different planets to try to find one, right? And then we get to Endgame, and we have this whole situation where it's like, you know, where have you been? Well, not every planet says, you know, lucky as you, they don't have heroes, so I've been busy. So she's been busy. We get it. She's been busy. Even now to this show, it's like, where is Captain Marvel? Well, and now the next show and next movie we're having is the Marvels, which is set present day after Secret Invasion, because we know that Kamala's in it. So it's but like that's confusing. We, you run up we're skipping point. we're skipping that whole chunk of time how, where how how long was this search? Because that was in the nineties. And so we have when Fury's on Earth with the scrolls, and it's like, okay, within like what, within two, three years? So they gave up on looking for a whole universe and then like decided Fury's like, yeah. no, we're just gonna keep that's that was confused me. Like, how did they go he, from we're I, gonna find I get planet? why he uses them as a tool to be like, look, if you help me impersonate the right people, we can protect my planet. And in doing so, I'll I'll make sure we get you a planet. And I think, you know, it, it wasn't Fury trying to be like sneaky about stuff it was really like look there's some bad stuff that happens on earth and i think you guys could help us out um and that could have been an interesting plot point too where maybe you you start to pull in situations of like real world situations like with terrorists and and maybe certain events of how maybe scrolls caused or didn't cause certain things like, like me to like make maybe, it even closer to real life maybe they caused 9-11 or you know 9-11 or, or you look at like um like maybe Osama bin Laden situation like maybe the team was led by a scroll you know they could have gone a really deep into how Fury used these people and it's just kind of a skipped over flashback sequence and I'm like there's a whole chunk of time here that we do not have any record for yeah Um, and it kind of correlates with thinking again this is a big problem with the MCU is the MCU does little chunks to add to their giant timeline but they never really fill in the gaps of how that, you know, it's like if you look at 
2008 when we first met Nick Fury in Iron Man at the end of you know the post credit scene. I got a I got a team I'm building, you know. From that point on, all the way up until Captain Marvel movie, which again is set in the 90s, there's never a mention of a scroll because yeah. they hadn't thought about doing scrolls yet in the MCU. It wasn't until Captain Marvel they're like, I guess we'll put the scrolls in there because that connects with Nick Fury. So again, it's just sometimes I'm like. I, I, you know, these are 35 to 50 minute episodes, you know, it's, it's good quality of filming, but I don't know if the content always is there. And this kind of, it was just a bummer ending. And it's like, he, he kisses his wife goodbye and Nick Fury goes back up into space. And that was like the end of the show. The two of them like go back to space. So now he's going to be back on the ship. And I guess that's going to correlate with the Marvels. There was no tie into the Marvels. No, uh, you know, I thought there'd be at least a post-credit scene of like, where is you know Carol like, Danvers or something, or like, you know, or Rambo, like Monica, she wasn't, yeah. So like, yeah, it's very very thin material, and I feel like this maybe wasn't necessary, or they could have put this in one movie <laughs> if you're going to have the same yeah. kind of like you. The point that we said it and on this podcast is when you have a show, you can do a lot more, you can delve on the plot and. Like, do these episodes an hour long? Put all the stuff in there. I mean, the finale was thirty-seven minutes. You know, so I don't know. It's I know I, what, what, all these short finales. Uh, other wasted characters too. Christopher McDonald. A lot of people were rumored that he was going to be a scroll impersonating maybe uh, uh, Norman Osborn or something. That was a big rumor. He's just a wasted scroll that's like on a on a like basically like a parallel of like a Fox News channel. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Dermot Moroni is the president in this. Um, he was fine, but he again because he's kind of put in this position where like he's just kind of pushed around and stuff by by Rhodey and other people. I didn't feel like he had much power to his role. So again, it's kind of some wasted talent in here. And again, the biggest the biggest one to me that I was just so bummed was I love Martin Freeman as as Ross. And when they had that whole scroll month beginning, I was like, oh, now we're gonna get the actual one. You know, they had. I, I guess in a way it was kind of a neat sci-fi element was the the scrolls that were impersonating someone long-term had all these prisoners in these like mind cages where... And so they basically could literally have all... Cause the memories. Really scrolls can only get like a few few minutes. Yeah. But then they could basically like, I can become you. There's Unless you kill me or hurt me, mm-hmm. you're not going to know I'm a scroll. So, yeah. Well, that was um, That was interesting. I just well, kind of wish it paid out more because by the end it was like oh they rescue them and then that's it i think i think the only how long have we been here (laughs) well roadie looks like he was in surgery and he's wearing a gown um which is why a lot of people connect that there's a moment in civil war when when he got injured i'm like yeah maybe i don't know who knows when they caught him um but i think the biggest the only i think the most noteworthy plot point of where it leaves off is the president basically is saying (laughs) anyone that's non-earth related um you're going down combatant so that yeah. is that scrolls only or is that we've got new asgard the asgardians live on earth so anyone that, kind of, that could kind of shake things up but we'll see like but yeah i am and, and gaia is like super god right now yeah <laughs> so like <laughs> what are they, are they gonna bring her back or what yeah it's so i mean overall i i enjoyed the i enjoyed where it was a spy thriller i liked the character study for nick fury you know Samuel Jackson's been such a pivotal part of the MCU and, and he needed his due. I just wish he was given a better due. Uh, but we will have him back for the Marvels and what else moving forward. So 
you know, it's not a full swing and a miss. I, I enjoyed the acting and I enjoyed some moments. It just didn't pay off by the end. I think they could yeah. have worked a little better with the premise and kind of kept it more in the pocket. So I'm going to give Secret Invasion. It's going to be like a 6.5 to 7 out of 10. Yeah, I'm going to give it a I'm going to give it a 6.5 solid 6.5 too. Um, everything we talked about, but we'll see what happens. I mean, next thing we've got is the Marvels coming up here later this year, but you can all check out all six episodes of the secret invasion streaming now exclusively on Disney plus. And that was this edition of potential picks. Thanks for listening to the potential podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the potential podcast or on Twitter at the potential pod or you can email us send us your positive feedback and thoughts suggestions and more through our email the potential podcast at yahoo.com i'm your host chris dewar and i'm your host taylor sokol stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture entertainment and nerdum and remember know know your your potential. potential